May 1st. Today, as we look into the New Testament, we'll be narrating from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 51, where the good news is, the Master came. Jesus called a few men to follow Him, and He transformed their lives, and then He used them to transform the lives of others. That's the same model we are to follow today. Simon's new name, Peter, means a rock or a stone, symbolized uh, by a new beginning in his life. He met Christ, and now things were about to change radically for Peter. He became a part of the new creation, sharing in the fullness of grace. One day, you and I will be given new names as well, names that will be given to us and will last through uh, all eternity. Jesus calls each one individually, and he uses different approaches, but the same master calls. Have you heeded his call? And the kingdom came because the king came. Jesus came to his own creation, and everything in creation obeyed him. But his own people did not receive him. During his trial before Pilate, his kingship was the paramount issue. And you know, it's still the issue today. Who is the king of your life? And with that, we begin our reading today in the New Testament. May 1st, John chapter 1, verses 29 through 51. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, Soon a man is coming who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before I did. I didn't know he was the one, but I have been baptizing with water in order to point him out to Israel. Then John said, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, When you see the Holy Spirit descending and resting upon someone, he is the one you are looking for. He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the Son of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and then declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. Then John's two disciples turned and followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? he asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place, and they stayed there the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who had heard what John said and then followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, You are Simon, the son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come and be my disciple. 
Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went off to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth! exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from there? Just come and see for yourself, Philip said. As they approached, Jesus said, Here comes an honest man, a true son of Israel. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Nathanael replied, Teacher, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus asked him, Do you believe all this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And then he said, The truth is, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down upon the Son of Man. Forgiveness. It's a word that as Christians we throw around quite a bit. Sometimes I question whether or not we know its meaning and if we truly understand God's love and forgiveness. It reminds me of a story in the Bible about a sinful woman who was not invited to a dinner party, but she heard that Jesus was going to be there. She came face to face with Jesus. The story says that she began to weep at his feet, so much so that she wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed him, and poured perfume on him. When the host of the party saw this taking place, he said out loud, If this man was truly a prophet, he would know who this woman really is. She is a sinner. Jesus heard this comment and turned to him. I can almost imagine what he was thinking. Wow, you truly don't know who I am, do you? You have no idea how deep my love goes. So Jesus goes on to tell them a parable about two men who owed money to a lender. One owed 500, the other owed 50. But neither one of them had the money to pay back, so the lender decided to cancel their debt. Then Jesus asked the Pharisee, Which one of these men do you think will love him more? The quick and obvious answer traveled through the room. Well, the one who owed the most, I suppose. Jesus said, You are correct. For he who has been forgiven much loves much. But he who has been forgiven little loves very little. When I think of Jesus, I think of the same thought, but just a little different. I think, He who loves much forgives much, which he does. He loves me endlessly. This story makes me reflect on my own life and where I am today. Some people who know me and remember all the mistakes I've made throughout my life, they probably think I shouldn't be up here on the altar doing what I do. But the reality is that my life is a testimony of God's love and forgiveness. He has restored my family, my ministry, and my life as a whole. All because He loves me that much. He loves me endlessly. He who has been forgiven much, loves much, but also he who loves much, forgives much, which he does. God loves us endlessly. Today we're reading Psalm 102, verses 1 through 28. God enjoys endless years, but we endure shortened days troubled days, 
days that disappear like smoke, grass, or a shadow. We sit alone like birds in a desert and dying patients in a hospital. How depressing! Do you ever have days like that? If you do, beware. Looking at yourself and your feelings will only make things worse. Do what the writer of this penitential psalm did. Look by faith to the Lord. Things will be different when you look from yourself to God and say, But you, but you shall endure. See, if you know Jesus Christ by faith, you possess eternal life. You have it already. It's not something you're going to get. It's yours even now. So, living in a world of death and decay need not be a threat to you because you will live forever with the Lord. As you grow older, you may find yourself resisting change. But God does not change. And He is your friend, capital F, and guide, capital G, to the very end. It's all a matter of trust. The temporary things will change, but the things eternal will not change. They will last. Psalm 102, verses 1 through 28. A prayer of one overwhelmed with trouble, pouring out problems before the Lord. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Bend down your ear and answer me quickly when I call to you, for my days disappear like smoke, and my bones burn like red-hot coals. My heart is sick, withered like grass, and I have lost my appetite. Because of my groaning, I am reduced to skin and bones. I am like an owl in the desert, like a lonely owl in a far-off wilderness. I lie awake, lonely as a solitary bird on the roof. My enemies taunt me day after day. They mock and curse me. I eat ashes instead of my food. My tears run down into my drink because of your anger and wrath. For you have picked me up and thrown me out. My life passes as swiftly as the evening shadows. I am withering like grass. But you, O Lord, will rule forever. Your fame will endure to every generation. You will arise and have mercy on Jerusalem. And now is the time to pity her. Now is the time you promised to help. For your people love every stone in her walls and show favor even to the dust in her streets. And the nations will tremble before the Lord. The kings of the earth will tremble before His glory. For the Lord will rebuild Jerusalem. He will appear in His glory. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. Let this be recorded for future generations, so that a nation yet to be created will praise the Lord. Tell them the Lord looked down from His heavenly sanctuary. He looked to the earth from heaven to hear the groans of the prisoners, to release those condemned to die. And so the Lord's fame will be celebrated in Zion, His praises in Jerusalem, when multitudes gather together and kingdoms come to worship the Lord. 
He has cut me down in midlife, shortening my days. But I cry to him, My God, who lives forever, don't take my life while I am still so young. In ages past, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Even they will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like a garment, and they will fade away. But you are always the same. Your years never end. The children of your people will live in security. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. Proverbs 14, verses 15 and 16. Only simpletons believe everything they are told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with great confidence. Confidence.